You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. All right, guys, welcome to the show. Victor Pacheco's here. He's going to be the, the night wing to my Batman. And the great Edward San Juan is about to enter via <laughs> Zoom. Edwin. 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 Not Edward. <laughs> it's going to be Edward. Why did you say Edward? It's Edwin San Juan. <laughs> Play the playback. Thank you. <laughs> it's already off to I, a good start. I was hot on that. You were super hot. You were so hot. I wanted to get in on it. Yeah, I know. Oh, man. Uh, hey, Edwin. Hey, what's up, man? How much? How are you? Thanks for having me, Keith. Of course, of course. Uh, Edwin, this is Victor Pacheco. He's the night wing to my Batman. Oh, okay. The trusty hey, up, sidekick. All right. I'm more <laughs> of a Marvel guy, but I'll let that slide. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. He's he's my Captain America to my Iron Man. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you riffed that. That was good. Thank you. That's that's the show. Raise the riffs, baby. Yes, how sir. are you, Edwin? I'm doing well, man. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks for asking. Oh, of course. I I actually have a funny story for you, which you don't. You're not going to think this is funny now, but after I tell you, you're going to think it's hilarious. Uh oh. Okay, so. Uh, George Perez and I were talking three years ago, right? Okay. And uh, I was like, hey, George, because he's my buddy. I was like, hey, George, uh, can you get Edwin to do my podcast? And George was like, no, dog, he's my best friend. He, he's going to, he doesn't even do my podcast, you know, like his George <laughs> Perez thing, you know? I was like, I, I was like, I bet you if Edwin sees, you know, how many people have done my podcast? I bet you he'll do it. He's like, no, you're tripping, you know, all that stuff. So I was like, all right, I'll make you bet. Whoever gets Edwin first gets a free lap dance because, you know, he works at a strip club when he's not doing comedy. He's like, right. you're on. Then uh, we had this thing because I asked your wife before COVID and she said, you're on. I was like, all right, I'm going to win a free lap dance. Then we had COVID and I didn't win because I heard like six months ago you did george's podcast i was like fuck well i'll give you a lap dance uh, yeah. <laughs> i'm just saying like uh maybe it's not funny but i thought it was funny that uh you know it took three years for me to get you and he he got you within you know the covid times i guess that's hilarious yeah he's so uh, george is blowing guy, up that, right that's now. the point <laughs> <laughs> How do you know George? Uh, we do comedy. I, I, I do comedy and I, our circles have run into him. And then I also go to the strip clubs. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's <a> double whammy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you'd be surprised the first time I, I saw him at a strip club. I was like, oh, my God, another comic's a pervert, too. And he's like, no, I'm the DJ. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> did, you get, did you get a comedy discount? No, no, he's very, when he does his DJing, he's very serious. Like, he's, like it's an art, you know? <laughs> he's just pressing play and pause, man. <laughs> I know, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, coming to the stage, Black Barbie, boom, chicka, boom, chicka, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, Edwin, how are you, pal? I'm doing well, man, I'm doing really good. I've been in Vegas now for the last uh, nine years in May. Yeah. 
I, w- I wanted to ask you, like, how, how, you know, because I think, to my knowledge, only you and Carrot Top, like, are, are the, the headliners who have been at the same spot for longer than three or four years. Yeah. I mean, to have residency out in Vegas is, um, it's, it's for a year alone is tough, you know? Yeah. But um, he's the king. I mean, he's been here forever. Yeah. But um, yeah, nine years is a long time. She's for me. I, I look back; it just went by so fast. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Well, which year was your favorite year? Uh, the pandemic year. Where I didn't have to work for a whole year. <laughs> <laughs> but I Boy, after the pandemic, I had to go back to working every day again, and it was rough, man. It was. I felt like a pre-retirement, but then now you had to go back, come out of retirement type thing. Yeah. How how was the Vegas scene when, when the pandemic reopened? Like, was it like back to normal or was it like, yeah, let's not do it yet? Or Yeah, it was kind of weird because um, there was like, um, you had to be like 25 feet from the crowd and then they had to space everybody out and everyone was wearing masks. It just really wasn't conducive for stand-up. Yeah, yeah. But um, we still made it happen. You know, the shows were at half mass. They weren't full. Um, but it was only maybe like about three to five months or something like that. It, w- it lasted like that. And then it just went back to normal. Yeah. I think everyone like, we're like, okay, we're either going to get vaccinated or tell everybody we're vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, everybody <laughs> I knew was getting fake back cards, right? So they can go to events. <laughs> you could buy them for a hundred bucks. I mean, I, I this is how crazy it was. Remember in the olden days where you would buy a fake ID? Now you buy a fake vaccination card. Yeah, right. It's wild. And then people were um were getting trouble getting caught by it. And then you're just acting like, oh no, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's a big joke, right? People wearing masks and everything. It's like, did that really help or do anything? Like I mean, I I, I feel it did. I mean, I still wear a mask if like I feel not safe you know what i mean like i mean i don't know if you've ever done some shows with george perez but man he works at a strip club and you gotta have a mask on that you know <laughs> he does so much cocaine that he doesn't need a mask bro <laughs> his mask have holes in, in it right there so he can still do his lines like every time i see george perez i get a drip like i'm ready to do some coke too second yeah. man <laughs> Now, Edwin, uh, so you're at the Planet Hollywood, right? And, yeah, uh, I'm Planet Hollywood at the V Theater. Oh, nice. So do do the celebrities go there since it's the Planet Hollywood? Or, like, how, how is that working? I mean, throughout the throughout my whole time here, uh, there have been a few celebrities that come through. Yeah. But, um, I mean, like, uh, who, I'm trying to think. Uh, Jim Plunkett came through. Some of the wrestlers, uh, Frank Mir came through and. But it's just by chance. I don't think they know I'm there. Just come into a comedy show and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I get to meet these people. Yeah. You know, I, but they used to have a plan at Hollywood in LA, but it was a restaurant. And I remember yeah. when, I was, when I was a kid, I would go there and the waiters would always lie to you and say, oh, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger was just here or whatever. And you're like, wasn't oh, he part owner? Arnold well, yeah, he was. Or, uh, <laughs> Mickey Rourke, but they never showed up. <laughs> they never showed up. They just like named the, the Kimmel Comedy the Club. Terminator out here. Burger. Nobody... No one's ever seen Jimmy Kimmel at his Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. Like, it's just his name behind it. <laughs> Never. And I was just there because, like, that's the only club in Vegas that I'm actually passed at. So I was just there two or three weeks ago. And they said, Keith, you just missed Jimmy. I was like, did I? 
<laughs> well, you can come to my club. You're welcome to play there, and I'll be there for sure. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be sweet. We'll, we'll, we'll take a road trip, and then uh, we'll, we'll go do lines of cocaine off George Perez's uh, strippers. <laughs> Uh, so Edwin, I wanted to ask you because like you were one one of the first Filipino comedians to really like start a pave way for other F Filipino comedians. And what was that like when you were first starting? Because like it was pretty daring stuff, you know. I mean, I felt comfortable with it. I mean, there were no Filipino audiences for me to perform at because there was they didn't even know what stand up was really. So I was doing mainly Latino rooms and black rooms. Yeah, but for me, it was a the crowd looked at it like a. A, a breath of fresh air because they were used to seeing just white comics, black comics, Latinos. So here I am coming in from a whole different point of view and perspective. And they were like, damn, they got, they got Asian Mexicans now. Like they didn't even know what Filipinos were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were like, just... that Asian Mexican dude was funny. And I was like, oh, <laughs> whatever. Now they say that the Filipinos are the Mexicans or the Asians. Yeah. But we have car insurance though. So. You got me there. You got insurance. <laughs> I just canceled my policy in late January. Fuck. Yeah. And we don't have as many kids, I guess. Yeah. These are smart. These you are guys smart. just popping them out, man. Let's just, just yeah. prove our machismo. That's true. The more kids, the more straight you are, man. Don't matter if you have a boyfriend on the side, dude. I only have one kid, and it's hard. I think when you have more kids, they end up watching each other, so you don't have to do shit. Oh, that's, that's the whole point of being Latino. Yeah. <laughs> Edwin, I thought you had two kids. I have a stepdaughter. Oh, uh, well, that's so, still that counts. That counts. Yeah, that, that counts. counts. Yeah. That well, I mean, counts, she's in Texas, counts. so she's, that doesn't I count. Really, I, don't really, I haven't really <laughs> raised her as much. She's living in Texas, so yeah. But it counts. Uh, I don't count her on my taxes. So <laughs> Word matters. It's just like, hold on, does it count? Does it? I gotta count? ask taxes. my dad if I count him on his taxes. Then that's an interesting point. <laughs> Keith is about to get wrapped up in insurance fraud for <laughs> for not for claiming independent when you're being claimed as a dependent from your dad. That'd be fucked up. Well, See, are that, you taking care of your dad now? Is that what it is? No, no, no. My 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 dad is he's my like I'm his stepchild technically, but I consider him my dad. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, but um, but it's interesting that you said that because like uh, for example, like uh. You know, Victor is Latino. I'm white, but I also have Latino in me. So I do well in, in la Latino clubs, but I do terrible in black clubs. Oh, really? Why yeah, is that? Black clubs are the best. Yeah. I love, I love black I, I clubs. I feel it's because, like, I'm too white. Like, everyone thinks I'm, like, a racist or something. I don't know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You look kind of racist. Well, that's that's the zoom lighting, Edwin. Come on. <laughs> I've been telling Keith that for years. He's like, I'm not racist. You're my what friend. Are those white seats in the background over there. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. That's not a lamp. That's a hole in the wall. No. Oh. It's a microphone, Edwin. Because I do comedy. I can't help it that they're. Wow. <laughs> I wanted the white one. Jeez. <laughs> There's no white white stands. Uh, so, Edwin, I wanted to ask you, like, who, who were the guys when you, when you started that, like, uh, that took care of you? Because you, you seem to take care of a lot of 
comics now that you're a headliner, but I'm sure when you started, there were some guys who took care of you, like pay Definitely. Yeah, the reason why I take care of a lot of comics out here is because I was always taught by those guys to pay it forward. Yeah. You know, because like, fools like, uh, I started with Jeff Garcia. Oh, I love then, Jeff. Uh, Willie Barcena, Felipe Esparza. I mean, um, Gabriel Iglesias, first person to take me all around the world to do comedy. Yeah. You know, and then um, from there, I just branched off, started meeting people like Russell Peters and just Alonzo Bolden, Ralphie May. A lot of those guys, they shouted me out on their specials. Ralphie has a bit where he's smoking weed with Jesus and he tells Jesus he gets his weed from Edwin San Juan. Oh, I heard, I heard that. I heard yeah. that. You heard that, right? Yeah, yeah. Huge Ralphie May fan. And also, I just want to just um, say for the record, um, I opened for Edwin uh, for a weekend in Sacramento and Jesus Christ, we tried to pay for the meal and Edwin's like, Nope. And Edwin's just super generous and not just with the food, because as a fat fuck, that's the first thing I'm going to mention. But like also with the wisdom, because we were talking after and you were very generous because I had no as as the host, uh, you invited me over to the um, to the comedy condo and you were very, very cool and generous and just awesome with the advice you were given and just really cool. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this dude's hysterical and humble. So it like really got me thinking about like, why do people have egos so much in comedy? Oh, you're making Edwin, me blush, man. Yeah. Edwin, oh. does does this ring a bell? Because when I introduced I, you, you guys been, like... <laughs> he must not have been that funny because I don't remember that shit at all. <laughs> no, I remember. I, I remember we smoked a lot of weed, I believe. <laughs> I was trying to leave that part out, you know, to sound like a gentleman. I was like, you yeah, were like we're up to like five o'clock in the morning. Bro, sorry. I had pre-rolled it. No, no, I wouldn't stop smoking because it'd be like, oh yeah, this one's almost out. I'm like, I'm already like lighting the next one up. And it's just like cool. He's like, you were giving me all this knowledge about comedy. And like I was asking you questions about just how to how to write an hour, how to write a headliner set. And it's just you were very, very generous with the information you're giving me. And no bullshit, no filler. It was really, really awesome it felt really good it felt like oh cool you just but you're like no ego how come i'm dealing with all these assholes that are like you know regional headliners right and by regional headliners i mean 20 minute sets at uh -huh. the end of the show after like a like a 20 20 comic show and uh i don't know they got this humongous ego so how do you separate yourself from being so humble like how do you do I, that because I like i tried to do that I think it's a credit to you, actually, because I don't really just spit out information and, and knowledge and tips to people unless I really feel <laughs> like they're receptive to it. You know, well, I'm not going to throw out stuff to That's ears. not George Perez's. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was it was it was seriously the, the church of Edwin San Juan. It was literally on the patio of uh, the co the comedy condo for Laughs Unlimited, which you were like, hey, bro, if you don't have a place to stay, you can stay here, man. Actually, what you said, you and. um. Jamie Earl said, hey, we thought you were going to suck because we had no idea who the fuck you were. And you were actually pretty funny. And I was just <laughs> like, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, just... That's what I'm saying, man, because there's nothing worse than trying to give someone some advice. And then they just like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Or they're not receptive to it. Yeah. So then I usually just shut down and I just all right, they're fine. They, they seem to know what they you know, but you were like a pupil of the game and you were willing to like listen and and. So that's usually when I throw out a lot of stuff is when I feel like it's not falling on deaf ears. Yeah. Well, oh, dude, I kept asking questions after questions. And then part of me was like, oh, God, why did you ask him that? And then you gave me a very solid answer. And I'm just like, are we best friends now? 
Like, because it was like so very like I don't I'm reading this book. It's uh, the the TV writers workshop for writers, right? How to write a television book. And I'm reading this book on how to write a sitcom. And I'm just like reading it. And I'm just like, why are you spitting out all the truth for $20? You know what I mean? It's a $20 book. And so, like, I mean, like you said, it wasn't landing on deaf ears. So, um, yeah, so I guess you're um, very selective about who you give that advice to. So I'm very, very, very blessed to have heard that because I have internalized that advice and have used it for my benefit. That's gotten me on bigger shows than, you know, I would have normally right on. been on. So, you know, thank you. That's awesome. So when you get to a certain level, you got to pay it forward also and then, and, you know, help people out, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, Edwin, I have a question. Are you on this site called Cameo? Uh, no, I heard of it. Oh, I'm going to get you on it. And for Victor's birthday, I'm going to book you, him a cameo from you. <laughs> it's next, okay. It's, it's next month, baby. <laughs> oh, is no, it? no pressure. May 18th. Yeah, I'm a tourist. I'm stubborn as fuck. So make sure to mention that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but Ed, Edwin, I have a serious question. Uh, like you go through phases where you have a long goatee and then you don't have a long goatee. Like, like, <laughs> Like what is what is your thought in these phases that I'm dying to know? <laughs> well, during the pandemic, I grew my beard out for the first time, and that was really long, you know. Yeah. And then I'm uh, recently I shaved it all off, and everybody thought I was sick. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "What is wrong with this dude? Like, oh my god, is he dying? Is he all right?" I was gonna send you some flowers, so like that's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just. I guess the more pussy I eat, the longer it grows. Yeah. yeah. Because when I met you, your pussy was, I mean, I'm sorry, your, 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 your beard <laughs> was personally long. I'm sorry, your pussy abilities were like, like of eating were like very profound in your beard. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Try to get out of that, bro. Look at that. It was hard, yeah. dude. It was fucking that was I, smooth. I, I, no, it wasn't. Yeah. I dug a grave and then I, 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 I dug a double yeah, grave for my spouse. Your beard That's what grows happened. from sucking dick. No, I, my beard grows from lack of sucking dick, actually. Um, <laughs> No, it's it's crazy, you know, because like I spent like seven years as a um, degenerate and I never sucked a cock to get any drugs. So I'm really proud of that. Well, you can suck dick for stage time over at my place. OK, well, you name the place, you name the time. <laughs> <laughs> Edwin San Juan has just been canceled. I'm just <laughs> I don't suck dick on me. I'd go support, but I'm... it's a, it's not a big dick, bro. It wouldn't be that hard of a choice. Yeah, just, like just close your eyes and it'll be done. Fuck no. That's what guys with big dicks say. Guys with big dicks say they have small dicks, so it's like, no, no, we're small. Don't worry. Then you whoop it out. It's like, what the fuck? Is that a tripod? Holy shit. And it's like, no, no, no. It's just, no, this is small for, for me. Dude, how many dicks have you seen? The way your story's saying. Bro. I'm Mexican, dude. I've been to the YMCA in the gym a bunch of times. It doesn't look like I have, but I definitely have been to the YMCA a bunch of times. And the Mexican gyms, Mexican gyms are the gayest gyms you've ever been to in my life. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, have you been to a Mexican gym? No. Mexican gyms are crazy, dude. Like, dude, like my I dad was... had Mexican gyms. Okay, fine. They're called cartel gyms. Oh. They're cartel gyms, okay? I'm not making this up. I'm in seventh grade. I was working out because, you know, I was trying to get laid as a seventh grader because I was smart. Right. But like my dad was hanging out with this dude named Chichis, which is Spanish for Chichi, which is Spanish for titties because this guy had titties. His name was Chichis. Chichis, yeah. Chichis, Chichis Christ. Chichis Christ. No, but no, it's Chichis. And he was a drug dealer. And so like he would always like ask me how big my dick was and why was I always under a towel? And I'm like, I'm in seventh grade. What the fuck? Any rate, this guy fucking like pretended to be my dad and was telling me that my biological father is my mother. 
And he's wow. telling me this as a, as a seventh grader. It was fucking hysterical, but like I wasn't scarred by it. I was just like I, I was scarred when he got deported. It kind of reminds was, me of that time when I was in an all black gym, right? <laughs> and uh so I'm there, right? And I was like, what time does the show start? The show. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh Edwin, I wanted to ask you, uh what how how did you create and how did you sell slanted comedy? Like what was your inspiration on that? Um, well, I was booking the Latino rooms for the improv um at that time, and then they offered me to have my own night. So then I wanted to do an Asian theme show, but I I just I just they wanted to do wonton Wednesdays, and I was like, Oh my god, are you kidding me? There's yeah. so much. So I just went with slanted, I guess because you can, it's just the eyes are slanted, but then you can always look at things from a slanted point of view, a perspective, you know, just a little take on how we see things. Right. So they kind of took off. And the next thing you know, I was doing um, Brea, Irvine, uh, Hollywood. I, I was doing like all three of the, uh, the improvs and doing um, the slanted comedy shows there. And then I was having big names come in, you know, but it wasn't, Sometimes I was the only Asian on the show, but I would on one show I would I could have like Alonzo Bolden, Ralphie May, Willie Barcena, Jeff, and Felipe. Like it was, Jesus. it wasn't just like a. You go to these Asian shows now, and it's every comic's Asian, and it's like <laughs> it's uh, almost like when you see all female show, it's like you, you need to mix it up, bro. You know, anything all one thing is not good. I think. Oh no, definitely. It's it's kind of like I mean I love Dat Fam. I'm a biggest Dat Fam uh, fan. But it's like whenever I go see a Dat Fam show, I see a hundred openers, and then I see Dat Fam for ten minutes. I'm like, yeah. I was like, we could have just chatted on the phone, Pally. <laughs> it is. And have you seen his flyers? They're crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't even name one person on that flyer besides Dat Fam and entire friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on Facebook on the show. No, Dad's a great guy. Uh, I wanted to but, go back uh, to the Asian shows, man, because I've, I I got a guest spot on all Asian show with an all Asian crowd in San Francisco. It was like okay. called um, Crazy Funny Asians. All right. That, that instead of you know um, crazy, crazy rich, rich Asians. Asians. Yeah. Right. So there's a play off that, and so I got a guest spot, and um, it, it was fucked up for the like uh, Asian comedians because i feel like they were held to this high regard to this high standard where they were like the audience was like you should have been a doctor what are you doing on stage being a clown and as soon as i get on stage we're laughing their asses off and i'm just like man you you guys are kind of racist for being fucking asians and shit and uh they laughed at that and it was pretty funny because i just didn't know that like asians were holding asian comedian asian audiences were holding asian comedians to a higher standard oh is yeah that that's true that I, I mean, I think so. They want us to be doctors or, or nurses or whatever, and you step out of the engineer and you, and you do comedy. It's like they're like, What is that? You know, yeah. well, like my parents were okay with it as long as I had something to fall back on because they just didn't think I was gonna make it actually. Oh, so, really? as long as like, yeah, but as long as I had a degree and I had something to fall back on, they were 100% supportive, but they never showed any kind of like, Oh, you shouldn't do this, like, or anything like that. I mean, I actually took my mom to Hawaii on valentine's day to do uh the laugh factory out there and yeah. uh, she loved it it was, it was she actually you know and it wasn't really until her friends from church saw me on tv and they were like oh your son's famous or he's a comedian so yeah. my mom started jumping on board with it and like okay maybe you got something there 
Well, maybe she was just excited because you left her in Hawaii. <laughs> it was great, man. It was pretty awesome. The, but the thing about slanted comedy, when I got um, to do it on Netflix, they didn't want to approve the name because they felt slanted was offensive. And that was around the time when Miley Cyrus was doing that thing with uh, with the whole, I think it was a, she was in Asia and making do a slanted eyes to some basketball team and she got flagged for it. Oh, right, so they right. changed they changed the name to Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim Comedy. That's lame. That's oh, lame. lame. That's like lame. <laughs> you know, Evanston wants Pacific Rim. Like, like I was going to show my purple ass on TV. Did you approve the second name change or did you like pitch in another name? No, they just kind of did it last second. They said we had to change it to that. But you know, it, was, it worked out because when it showed up on Netflix on TV, it just said Edwin San Juan presents. So you didn't even really see the name. Yeah, yeah. So maybe so, in a way that was probably better, right? Yeah. And then I end up selling it to uh, my promoter, Black Mike. Um, he's doing it now, actually. They're still doing Slanted Comedy. But wow. I remember meeting uh, Molly from San Francisco. She thought of not Live Nation Molly. I, um, she called me and she was like, oh, yeah, I, I know who you are, Slanted Comedy. And then it kind of struck a nerve with me. Like, I don't want to be known as Slanted Comedy. I want to be known as Evan San Juan. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm just trying to move on from that and just work on branding my name versus the slanted. But but yeah, but it was also a great thing that you created. So like that's kind of cool too, you know. Yeah, I'm oh man, all for it. All the people that were on the show were people that backed me up when I was doing the the nights anyway. So it was really cool. Like I gave some people some of the first TV spots, like Ron Jotel. Yeah. Uh, Bernadette Belantas, I think Joey Gila, a lot of those guys never did TV yet. Yeah. TV TV, like I've never I, like I mean I I've done bullshit TV but not real TV, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like bullshit TV where like uh only people on the YouTube saw it, you know what I mean? But not like <laughs> but not like real TV where like everyone saw it. So I don't know. I I feel that I feel that TV has kind of like lost its power too. I think people care more about tiktok and stuff you know totally totally remember when tonight show if you did tonight show that was it that was like career changer yeah yeah now it's yeah. like you do tonight show and you're still like <laughs> still struggling to pack rooms out you do you do the tonight show if everyone's just like is jimmy fallon really nice <laughs> <laughs> but uh then you did comics unleashed and i wanted to ask you because that's a show where I, I feel you would have to be leashed. And it's unleashed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, how was that for you? Like, what, did they put restrictions on your, your, your sets or what you were going to talk about? No, they just had you write, like, uh, maybe four or five keynotes on a pad, and then Byron had them. Yeah. And then, you know, he would just go off and then kind of set you up. Yeah. You know, I think I did the first season, so I was it was kind of new to me. I didn't see how the whole pattern was going, so they just asked me the questions, and I just kind of went with it. You know, oh, and so kind of like, kinda like this. They'd be like, Edwin, uh, I understand you gave Black Mike his start. What was that like? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Before I uh, gave Black Mike a start, he was just Brown Mike. So light skin but, brother? Yeah, it was. And then, you know, I started watching that more. And then comics start standing up and they start doing their own bits. And I was like, oh, man, this is kind of. But for what it was, I think Byron, uh, he was trying to set up comedians for success. Right. So I I'll give him props for that. You know what I mean? He's trying to give him a shot. And who else was giving us 
an opportunity like that, you know? Yeah, it's almost definitely. like doing the Tonight Show and then getting to sit on the couch. Yeah, yeah. But you, but, but instead of Johnny Carson, you get to sit by with a Brian Allen. Yeah, just as good. Just a little darker. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I wanted to ask you about Stand Up Revolution because uh, when you got on that show, I feel like that's a credit that everybody probably knows you from because everybody loves that show. Right, right. You know, <laughs> that's the one Gabriel did, right? Put together. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then um, I felt kind of set up though, because uh, I had a whole set of new jokes I wanted to do, but Gabriel's like, "No, no, just do your old ones. Just do what's tried and true, and you know, just kill it." Yeah. But I feel like my new stuff would have did just as well and just as good, and people wouldn't be saying, "Oh, he's just doing the same old jokes." All but right. then you know, I, I was directed to do my old stuff, and then I did it, and then I just felt like. I, I, you know, I was getting a lot of the comments were, oh, you know, change, change your jokes or do new things, you know, and it's like, but, you know, <laughs> the producer tells you to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm not going to like. No, definitely. And like that, that's actually an interesting question I have, because like I get thrown into under the bush where I just do my old stuff, too, when I I feel that. I'm told I have to do the new stuff to come back. I mean, the old stuff to come back and then I could do the new stuff. Like I feel all the clubs pull that card with me, especially since everyone I toured with died. So I'm kind of on my own, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask you that, like how, what's advice you have where, you know, like, do you just go with your heart on what you want to do or do you just do safe? You know what I mean? Well, safe is always good because it gets you work. But then you got to spit, you got to throw in, sprinkle the new stuff and work on, work on it. Because it's yeah. a continual process. You got to always constantly build your craft. You know, like I just recently did the comedy store with George Perez because he, he's doing the main room now and he's selling it out. Yeah. You know, and the first time I went there, I was like, I don't know, you know, if I should do my new stuff. But he was like, no, do your old stuff and just kill it. So I, that's what I did. And then the second time he brought me out, he was like, do your old stuff. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do my new shit. And yeah. I fucking I, I had to follow Jay Lamont. I don't know if you know who Jay Lamont is. No, no, I, I love Jay. Jay yeah, Jay's Jam great. and Jay Lamont. Jam and yeah, Jay. Oh, we, yeah. we do a whole he's bunch so of cool. black rooms together. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's a light skinned black guy, so I yeah, can yeah, yeah, yeah. get along. Yeah. yeah. But he's <laughs> he's hard to act to follow, man. He's getting the crowd all riled up and you know, with the with the songs and all that stuff. So I was kind of nervous. But um I just did my new shit and then I, I hit off and it set the crowd back in the um in the format of like joke telling so then you know the comics after me like willie went up after and felipe and they were just it got people back in track of of joke telling right so uh, i mean i was proud of that like you know it's I, I tough want... people get tell you oh you're just doing the same jokes but you got to step step out of it and, and work on new stuff you know no definitely uh, I wanted to ask you because now, you know, you've been a headliner for 20 plus years. Like, do you have that fear of when you follow Like, do you have a fear of saying, oh, God, I have to follow Felipe or whoever? Or do you just not even care about it anymore? You just do it. Well, the, naturally, I still have um, nerves before I go on stage all the yeah. time, you know. But if I have to follow someone that's tougher, I, I feel a little bit more on my game. Because yeah. it's like, it's a challenge. Step up. Now you got to fucking, this is a nut check. You got to fucking handle it. Yeah. So I, I, I like it. Like whenever I worked on the road, I'm not on the road, but we did in-town gigs with Jeff Garcia. We would oh, pop in Jeff. the clubs. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. Right? We would pop into clubs and they would he would ask for time and they would say, yeah, no problem. But then he, he would ask for me to get time too. But I would always have to go up after him. Yeah. So, so you wait two hours purpose. later. Yeah. Well, no, like immediately after him. <laughs> we would go to another spot. Oh right. Okay. So we would we so he would get to go up, but he would say I'd have to go up with after, right after him. Yeah. So it was tough, you know. But he did that to make me stronger. Yeah, that's very. And I was very interesting. Yeah, and and then I was never allowed to um when I opened for Jeff, I was never allowed to do crowd work. Oh yeah, yeah. that's all I he can does. See that because he does mostly crowd work. Yeah. Yeah. So that that developed me as a setup punch type of comedian. Yeah. I hate doing crowd work too. Like I'm so bad at it. I mean, it, it's like telling jokes at a funeral. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I stick to the jokes and then if the jokes don't work, then I'll, I'll, I'll do my secret weapon at crowd work and I'll bomb on both of them. <laughs> I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling, <laughs> but it's a muscle. You got to exercise it, you know? It's like you're gonna have a prison body, just all big upper body but skinny ass legs. You know, you yeah. gotta. It's a muscle. You still gotta work it out, and and it's beneficial in the end. Uh, whenever you have those those uh, once in a blue sets where you do bomb, do you kind of get off on it, or are you hard on yourself? Oh, I'm I'm hard on myself. Oh, really? Yeah, and I want to get back on stage immediately as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, that too. I, I'm not hard on myself, but I want to get on stage so I can erase it. But like, I do kind of get off on it when I'm bombing. I don't know why. <laughs> I I get off on watching comics bomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like the you watching train wreck. So would good. Love me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I'm the only one in the back laughing my ass off, and everyone else is like, <laughs> "Poor guy, you're a poor guy." Because we've all eaten shit before, bro. So someone else is doing it. It's like, thank God it's not me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I think being there at the V Theater for nine years, like bad nights, they just roll off my shoulder because it's just a Tuesday or it's just a Wednesday. You know, yeah. I'm pacing myself. I've been here for nine years. Like one night's not gonna, I'm yeah. not gonna beat myself up too bad. You know, yeah. but if it's a, if it's an important night and someone's there, industry or someone's in there, and I don't do like well, Arnold Schwarzenegger or something. Yeah, checking out Planet Hollywood. <laughs> it's nigger, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can't, you can't even say it right, bro. You're so I can't say it right. <laughs> I was gonna say Arnold anything about it. Nader. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. N word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's why I would never interview him because I can't say his name. I would just call him Arnold. <laughs> and you'll be so you keep you'll keep saying, We'll be right back. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be back. <laughs> or I could say Governor Arnold. Oh yeah, that'd work. Wouldn't it be mm-hmm. Gar- Governor Schwarzenegger? No. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Be- they just write it up phonetically. You got this, man. I believe in you. Definitely. Victor, do you have any uh, last second questions before I ask my last two? Sure. Uh, yeah. Edwin, uh, I have a great question for you. Um, you're always, uh, every time I've seen you live and every recording I've seen you, uh, seem very, very like in a good mood, very, very lovable, likable. And so I have a question. Um, when you don't feel like you're in the mood to do stand up because something like really like tragic happened in your life, how do you get through that personally to talk yourself up and to do the show at a, a grade level a 
That's a great question because as comedians, we we deal with that all the time, right? Yeah. So it's just it's just part of the job, man. You just gotta like, no matter what you're going through in life, you just gotta suck it up and then get through that that time, and then you can cry later after or something, you know. But it's like there's a switch. You just gotta turn it on, and it's like go time. It's show time. Like now, now it's just gotta make it happen, and that's always worked for me. And then whenever I have problems and stuff like that, and I turn the switch on, and then I do my set, and I get laughs i just feel better it's almost therapeutic yeah. I, I don't even have to talk about what's going on in my life i just do my set and i and i get the laughs and it make, makes me realize oh i'm here for a reason to make people feel better then it, then it's all good that's how i deal with it at least no def definitely i mean that that's one of those hard things to do because i i feel you're right because when i lost norm you know like that that destroyed me and i went to go do comedy that that same night and like it's still hard sometimes to do comedy because you know i toured with him for nine years so like rest in peace man yeah but it's like he he's always there so like it's kind of like i feel i don't have a proper time to heal because i could not do stand-up and heal but then i wouldn't enjoy doing stand-up you know what i mean like i enjoy making people laugh through my pain so you see him like um like a obi-wan kenobi like he's in a blue glowing form yeah, I mean, he's definitely in my spirit. Yeah, so yeah. I worked with Norm once. Yeah. Oh, did you? How was I, I that? I opened for him. Yeah, at the Improv. I think it was Ontario or Irvine. I think, and he was really cool, super cool dude. He kept saying, uh, "You know, uh, Rob Schneider's uh, half Filipino. You know that, Edwin, right? You know, Rob Schneider's half Filipino." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I know that, Norm." He was like, but he kept saying that. But his whole set, I thought, was interesting because he talked about dying. Yeah. He had a fascination, fixation with just death. I guess, you know, the, this is the second half. When you after you turn fifty, that's the second half of your life, you know. So he was really focused on um on death and and, and dying. Did you do you you were there, right? You worked with him yeah. for No, yeah. Did it change? Was it No, it was mostly about death and, and hookers and crack horrors and all that stuff. Bro, he and... had the best Burt Reynolds in the business. Oh yeah, definitely. He was but so no... good. He always did that whole Rob Schneider's half Filipino thing all the time because uh, it, Rob Schneider's brother is like a huge comedy manager. Oh. And, uh, and like he'd always come in because he, he manages Tom Green or whatever. And Tom Green used to come all the time and Rob, and Norm would be like, hey, uh, I think his name was John or something. He'd be like, hey, John, did you know your brother, Rob Schneider? He's half Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I thought that was just authentic to me. No, but he, he did it all the time. And it, oh, it was, that's hilarious. hilarious. Um, but no, I, I agree with that where like you, you have to go up and you have to, because in the end, it's not about you. It's about the audience. Right, right. And then, uh, so I have two questions for you because I want to respect your time. Uh, one, uh, it says here on this note card that you did an OnlyFans special. Is that true? <laughs> Yeah, I, I can um <laughs> instead of a cameo, we'll just do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a victim. Oh. <laughs> you better be shirtless. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Whatever you want. Oh, so that's not offer. true. You didn't do an OnlyFans special. I, I did do an OnlyFans special. They presented it to me and offered me if I wanted to do it. And it was nothing about nudity. I guess they're trying to break away from that whole format of that and they're doing I, I they're doing roast roast now on OnlyFans and they're doing comedy specials. But um 
I mean, I, I took it. They offered me $5,000 to do like 15 minutes set. I was like, all right, you know. Oh, that's cool. Nice. So, huh. Yeah, and it created content. And I mean, they, they released a clip and it's got over 100,000 views. It's kind of helped my, um, my social media presence a little bit. Oh, you know? yeah. I'm not showing any nudities. You have to check my wife's OnlyFans if you wanted to see that. But, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that that's a good way to plug you both by you know, plugging that. You know what I mean? Yeah, just don't really plug my wife. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're. I will say this about your wife: she's very sweet because I think she was surprised that I wanted to interview you instead of her. <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm just um i'm sad we didn't get to do this sooner i know like i think you would have loved me and then i would have got that free dance <laughs> uh i actually lied i have two more questions is that cool oh yeah of course bro okay so question number one what is what is your biggest fear and how, how what is advice on how you could overcome that well I think one of my biggest fears would probably be like losing residency. Right. But I'm almost coming up on 10 years and I realistically, you can't think it's going to last forever. Right. You know, so um, I got to prepare myself to what's beyond this residency and working towards my future. So the biggest fear would be losing something. But then when you lose things, you work harder to get to the next level. Like when I was opening for Jeff, he told me it was time for him to cut me loose. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, man, I was thinking I'm going to ride this dude's coattails for however long I can. But Did that break your heart me, when he said that? Yeah, but it was almost a way of a compliment of saying, OK, it's time for you to move on. And, and you're funny now. I don't know if he was having a hard time following me or what, but I was just getting to the point where I was it was really easy. And he's right. like, you got to step out of your comfort zone. So. I think the biggest fear is stepping out of your comfort zone, but then it has the biggest reward as well. Yeah. No, because I mean, like I said, I was with Norm the last nine years of his life and he never cut me loose. He wanted, he wanted to. And I remember I asked him, I was like, how come he never like said, Hey, it's over, you know? And he, cause he told so many other people who were on the, you know, like he gave him one year and then let him go. And he kept me for nine and he just said, I, I love you too much. You suck dick real good, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But wow. like, yeah. But I mean, like, I, I thought that that was like the most hardest thing because it's hard to let go of that, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, bro. That's a, That shows that you, he liked you a lot, you know? Yeah. Plus, I sucked his dick good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole tickling the balls as you like, you know, it's a... Edwin, don't give away all the secrets on Razor Rips. I can't. Come on. I have to edit that out because now everyone's going to know, oh, that was my secret. And I'm trying to get a job with Rob Schneider, who, by the way, is half Filipino. And, you know. <laughs> oh, man, I have a great story about Rob Schneider. Oh, tell it. Tell it. I was working the Schomburg Improv with Gabriel Iglesias, and we did the later show, and Rob did the earlier show. So he was leaving. And as he was leaving, he saw me go up and I was digging them out, you know, ripping them. And so he asked the manager for my number. Oh, so nice. then, yeah. Right. So like cut to two weeks later, I'm at my mom's house in the backyard. 
smoking. I get a call from Rob Schneider, right? And I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. This is so great. So he wants me to work with him, the San Jose Improv. And I was like, and he wants me to help him write. And he's got oh. a show coming on and he wants me to help be one of the writers on the show. So I was like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. So then we go to San, I go to San Jose and then um, I told myself, all right, I'm going to go up there and keep it clean. I'm not going to try to outshine Rob. I'm just going right. to, you know. You don't want to outshine. Yeah. Yeah. But fuck, I fucked up. I, I outshined him. I was being dirty. I seen him look <laughs> backstage. He was pacing back and forth like, fuck, man. Like, what's this guy doing? What's this guy doing? And then I fucked up his intro. I forgot his name. <laughs> so ripping so hard. And in my mind, I just kept thinking of Adam Sandler's friend. I couldn't, I couldn't think of his name. And then someone yelled out, Rob Schneider. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Rob Schneider. And, and then that was it. That was it. I never Did got you say, by the way, he's half Filipino. <laughs> <laughs> he told me after the show, you know, I, I don't have to be so dirty and, you know, this and that. So the rest of the week I finished off. I didn't I was clean and I didn't forget his name. I didn't fuck up, but it was done already. Like the, the he stopped calling me. I didn't get any more work from after that. But it was a lesson learned. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've heard stories that he, he cuts his openers if they do better than him. So in a way, it's uh, like I love Rob Schneider. I've never met him, but mm -hmm. I would love to have him on this podcast because he's half Filipino. And uh, <laughs> but in a way like that, that's, you know, it's a blessing in disguise because it lets you know, hey, you know, you're you're because that's the one thing I do like about you where you're not a movie star you're a stand-up and rob was a stand-up then he became a movie star and then he went back to stand -up. you know what i mean so like right, i right. feel he has that movie star still in him you know yeah so. he's a great actor i mean great i love all his movies too like yeah. i'm a big fan he actually puts his moms in his movies yeah and she's full awesome. filipino yeah she's full filipino huh. so <laughs> not like he's happy and then my last question for you, Edwin, is if you could go into a time machine, right? And you go into the mm -hmm. time machine and you only could talk to Edwin San Juan, a younger version of yourself, is the greening, knowing what you know now, like what time era would you go and what advice would you, would you tell him? I would go back in a time when I kind of started and um, Joe Coy was stealing my jokes. Uh -huh. And I would go back oh, and tell shit. myself, fuck that dude. And 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 um and don't let him do that shit. Don't be Asian and not say shit. Speak up. If anyone's stealing your material, don't fucking turn attack. You know what right. I'm saying? That's your shit and go for it. And instead I went the whole Asian humble route and I was oh whatever, whatever. Yeah. We're we're homies, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. But if anyone's trying to take from your plate, fucking defend it. Yeah. That's definitely. what I would tell myself. Okay, so let, let's do a little role play. I'll, I'll be young Edwin San Juan. You be, you know, or I'll be old Edward San Juan. You be young, right? Hey, Edwin, uh, if you see Joe Coy, fuck him up, man. He's going to take your jokes and uh, he's going to make a really bad movie called Happy Easter or some shit. Don't see it. <laughs> Bro, I love you, man. I know All it's right. Hollywood. Everyone says I love you, but I really do, man. Those that last sentence right there meant the world to me. <laughs> you're welcome anytime in my place, bro. Whenever you're in Vegas, let me know. Definitely. Even though your Mexican sidekick, he can come too. 
All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Edwin, where can the folks at home follow and support you? Um, if you really want to show some support, watch my podcast. It's called the ESJ Podcast on Spotify and YouTube. We have new episodes every Tuesday. And then I'm at the V Theater in Planet Hollywood six nights a week. I have Sundays off, but this is the first year I took Sundays off because of football season. I was like, I need a break. Right. But I'm at Planet Hollywood uh, Monday through Saturday. And um, I'm doing shows. Uh, I, I go on the road here and there. Like, I'm going to be in Bellflower at the new stand-up comedy club. Oh, my month. God. What day? I live right by there. I want to see it. Oh, really? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll be there on the 28th of this month. All right. If I don't have a show, I'm going to come and support you, man. I'll come through, man, for sure. Yeah, we're, off, we're having a little after party afterwards at my homeboy's house in Downey. So Holy it should be good. Yeah. Black Mike's going to be there, too? I don't know if Black Mike's going to be there, but... Oh, uh... no. All right. What about Rob <laughs> Schneider, the half-Filipino guy? <laughs> All right. Come through, man. I mean, I'll give you some stage time. Oh, that would be sweet. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, for sure. Edwin, thank you so much for, for finally doing this and locking it down. And I, I hope uh, I hope you had fun, and I hope it wasn't a waste of your time, man. No, it wasn't. Not at all. Thanks. I wish I would have done it sooner now. And then uh, there's a strip club in Bellflower. I think it's called Fritz. <laughs> <laughs> we can get you that lap dance after all. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, Edwin. Have a great day, buddy. All right, man. Peace. Thanks so all much. Right. I appreciate that. All right, guys, subscribe, rate, review. That was the episode. And uh, tell a friend, Victor, you have anything coming up you want to tell the folks at home? I don't know when this is going to be released, so the date might have happened, but I'm going to be at Cobbs this Friday. I'm going to be at Best of SF this Friday. I'm going to be at Barrel Proof Lounge, which is the new um, comedy club in Santa Rosa on the 21st. So Awesome. uh, For right now. So, yeah, you're right. Busy man. Yeah. It'll probably be released after that, but at least we could tell people that you performed there. Or go to HispanicTitanic.com. That's what I'm looking for. All right, guys. Subscribe, rate, review, and we'll see you next week on Razor Riffs. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash KeithRaza. And on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash KeithRaza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.